Hello, everybody. Thank you to another episode of the Be a Beacon podcast. I'm Les, and as usual, I hope everyone is alive and well, or doing as well as you can. We know this is a a really interesting time and a time for all of us to be in reflection and a time for all of us to be there for each other. I'm honored and privileged today to have a wonderful band out of Toronto, Reverse. Yo, I will have a link for y'all for their latest single, Stand Up. It's very empowering. Um, and what I've been told and this that y'all, what inspired you for that, it, it was released on Juneteenth and that just the entire Black Lives Matter movement influenced that. Um, mm-hmm. So before we get to all of that, let's take it back because you all have been out for a while, actually. I've been checking out a lot of your music. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've just been so blown away. And what I love about y'all the most, y'all, it's just like a wide variety. Like it's just a, a cast net, like, you really can't fit your music into a specific mm-hmm. genre and you know and just you know and just reading how you all kind of got together let's take it back first but you know before before you know everything went down but just to when y'all first met um so how did you all exactly meet meet and how has the journey been um well the journey has been absolutely phenomenal and when i say that i i include the ebbs and the flows, the ups and the downs, the challenges, the hurdles, the the celebratory moments, all of it has been um, uh, phenomenal. Um, We've learned so much about ourselves and one another over the course of our 11 year friendship now, Mm -hmm. I believe, and um, almost nine years as a band. Um, Essentially reverse, Uh, Khadija and I um, grew up in the Toronto dance community. Um, For those of you out there who um, are not familiar with reverse, we are a quartet, there's four of us, Um, but tonight we are just, the the, the two melanated members are. um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah, Khadija and I have known each other um, for for years um, in the Toronto dance community. We're both uh, dancers and um, uh, I have been putting together uh, groups. My dream has always been to be um, a, a singer, a musician, a songwriter, a performer in a group setting. Um, so I put my first group together when I was 14. Um, I wrote my first song when I was eight years old. Um, and since 14, um, I, I, I was uh, putting together multiple groups just trying to make something work. Um, in 2008, uh, there was an audition call in Toronto for um, a live theater production of Disney's High School Musical 2, um, at which point uh, the members of Reverse, at least the three of us, uh, Khadija not included, auditioned and uh, got leads in the production. And they were looking for additional 
um, they, they were looking for other roles in the production. And I remember Khadija from the dance community, and they specifically wanted um, some female performers um, for dance and other, other um, uh, roles in the production. And I called Khadija, and she came and auditioned, and she booked the gig. And uh, from there, I mean, there's a, there's a whole, there's other intricacies, but we will be here all night. <laughs> but long story short, after doing the production of High School Musical 2, that's when Reverse uh, became a band. In 2000. We have time. We have time. Feel free to give us the long version. <laughs> so, this, so this was back in 2009. So, mm -hmm. um, uh, and we, we officially launched um, with the four of us in 2012. That's when we put out our first single. Oh, that's incredible. And everyone, there will be links in the show notes for y'all to hear this incredible, incredible music. And they have great merchandise as well. Their merchandise is going toward a great cause. Um, so also I wanted, because I've noticed also how diverse, you know, the group is and everything. Has your, have both of you have your perceptions as a diverse ba band or about diversity and entertainment in general changed over time? Um, kind of. So I think when we first got together, like Diz has always had this vision of a group with different types of people together making music, but we didn't really have our mission statement. Our mission is representing the underrepresented. Um, that was something that kind of developed as we were putting out music and doing performances. We got comments all the time from people like, you guys are so diverse and you guys are so like, I see you on stage and like, I see myself in her or I see myself in him. And it's so cool that you come together. Like that's the first thing that people notice about us. And it was kind of when we really reflected on it and we were like, this is a really big strength that you don't really see in other groups or you don't see in mainstream media. Um, so just kind of like from the reactions that we got from other people, that kind of really highlighted for us, even within just the four of us, how important it is and how important it is to see people of various backgrounds and to see them working together. Um, so it's not like we didn't understand it before, but we really have kind of honed in on making that at, kind of at the, at the, um, at the, the root, forefront. Yeah. at the forefront of everything that we create. That that is really incredible because, like I said, the diversity is just there. You can feel the diversity kind of coming at you, you know, on the screen. And I think every person can find someone in the videos and in 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 the band that they relate to. I you know I just found it amazing and that you all have so many intersections for you two personally. How has your intersections? played a role in your music. I know you just mentioned, you know, representing the underrepresented, uh, underrepresented, and how do you, you know, how has your intersections influenced in all of this, especially in a time like this, where um, for y'all that are listening, y'all may listen to this later, but we are um, just coming off of the Breonna Taylor uh, verdict, so it's just so much going on. Everything is so heightened right now, so I just want you all, you all have the complete floor with this right now. Um, I think you mentioned YouTube in particular, and that is something in the last couple of years, we've seen our YouTube, our YouTube platform grow a lot. We are almost at 500,000 subscribers right now. <laughs> Thank you. We've been celebrating as well. <laughs> um, yeah. And like that, one of the biggest things that we notice is that we get comments from people 
literally all around the world, like different countries, different religions, different races, different body types, different everything. And that's something that they say to us a lot. Like, it's just, it's so meaningful to be able to go and like look on a YouTube platform or look somewhere and see somebody that they feel connected to and that they can identify with. And we get messages of people kind of talking about their own struggles and how they have a hard time loving themselves or they have a hard time fitting in or they, you know, these struggles that we all have and just kind of being able to see people that they can relate to and that they admire or respect, like you enjoy their music and you can connect with them on a different level. Like that's, that's definitely something that, um, the, the intersections for us, like being able to use our platform to have a conversation between the four of us about racial prejudice and to hear the perspective of a white passing male who's never really had to think about it before yeah. or a white female who has a lot of black friends but hasn't personally experienced, you know what I mean? Like to have yeah. these conversations or be talking about sexual orientation and like, all our different experiences between the four of us and seeing how like my experience is different from his but we connect on this level and we can learn from each other on that level like that that's the most I think now in this time in 2020 we're realizing how important it is to just share like listen to one another and really understand everybody's experiences because that's the only way that anything's going to change right so agree I think we're kind of just trying to use our platform in the best way that we can to encourage those types of conversations. That's a, that's really amazing. And now I know both of you have gave a little input um, regarding your, like your past that led you to today. What would, how would you all describe that? Like your, with your past and your intersections and like maybe your journey being black journeys, being queer or whatever other intersections you want to, you know, want to mention you know, into your music and how it's really affecting you right now, you know, at this time. And were things racially charged ever or culturally charged between all of you with everything going on? Because I know many people right now, even if they do have, you know, non-Black friends or non-queer friends, um, that they are still having, finding that they need to have those type of discussions, like heavy discussions. You know, and many people are online just shocked, like, oh, I didn't know my white friend felt like this, or white, some white people, oh, I didn't know, you know, it was this bad, or, oh, wow, I didn't know queer people were still experiencing this. So I know it's just so much going on right now with everyone. Have you all just the overall band experienced that? Or, you know, how have y'all been doing with all of this? Have y'all found yourself to have to explain things a lot to people or just taken aback by anything? Hmm. Well, you know what? There, I, I will uh, go to one specific, um, I guess, topic that uh, will, could answer um, this question. Um, recently, I, we were on a live. Um, not, actually, not recently. It was around the time that we put out Stand Up. And we did a live chat on Instagram, I believe, um, where we were um, to the people, um, uh, the Ivy League, who are the fans of Reverse. Um, we were on a live with the director of Stand Up, um, and we we engaged in a conversation with just with the with the fan base. Uh, I think before before just after we spoke with him, and I had opened up about um, something that I've experienced pretty much my whole. Um, my, my whole life, particularly in being in groups. Um, but if I'm going to talk about it with reverse, um, there has always been um, uh, a, 
very obvious um, invisibility that I was experiencing. Um, being the, being one of two black people, but also uh, the, a dark skinned male within this group. So there's one, there's, it, it's one thing to be black. It's another thing to be black and dark skinned. Um, and I always noticed that um, there was a lack of, whenever we would release any content, um, live performance videos or songs or whatever the case may be, um, it really didn't matter um, if it was a video where I was, because everybody in reverse leads, that's the another thing that, that I love about this group is that everybody um, is a leader when they need to be vocally and on the records. Um, so if there is a particular song or video that we would put out where it happened to be me leading um, and I'm on stage sweating my ass off <laughs> or, uh, or, or, or singing my face off or whatever, I would never be noticed. It doesn't, it, even if I was right smack dab in the center, the comments, the reactions would always be, oh, she's amazing, or he's the other male in the group, he's so gorgeous, or, and I, you would never really see anything about me. And not that I'm living my life like, I'm doing this so that people can talk about this. That's not what I'm doing it for. But as a human being, you like, you would, you, we all would like to be acknowledged for the work that you do in some way, shape, or even somebody saying, oh, I see you, right? Mm -hmm. That a lot of the times I was not seeing that, and it started to affect me, and it brought me back to the days when I was a backup dancer. I used to backup dancer for a singer, um, a pretty popular one here in Canada, and she ended up branching off to the states and became a host of 106 in Park on BET, and uh, just did a lot of different um, uh, kind of high-profile things in the industry. I danced for her for several years, and I remember there was always this colorism thing between casting of dancers or where you place the dancers in what roles or um it, it was so interesting to experience that um and also it brought me back to my very first manager who um before her i had no complexes about how i looked or my wow. skin or anything like that um at least on the level that it ended up being i did experience colorism um within my own family growing up but when it comes to the industry um, I remember being told, uh, you know, uh, that I was, they would call me too dark. You're too dark all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and that started to carry itself with me. Um, once I started dancing and, and, and touring, I started to see it show its face again. Um, and then fast forward to, um, being in reverse. Um, I will honestly say now I'm not feeling that as much. I'm, I, 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 I feel like the people who support Reverse now, I'm, I, I feel like they really truly do support all four of us. Mm -hmm. um, but there was a time, um, even um, uh, earlier this year, I would say, where I wasn't quite feeling that yet. And it was very, it was a lot of, um, it, it drudged up a lot of the past feelings of never really being seen, no matter how hard I would work. Um, and it reminded me of a couple singers who I admire, um, Kelly Rowland from Destiny's Child, yeah. um, um, from Fifth Harmony, uh, Leanne from uh, Little Mix. All three of these women at different times have uh, done um, interviews where they spoke about that, being the only dark, either the only black girl in the group yeah. or being uh, the dark skinned member of the group and mm -hmm. being invisible. And I very much felt that. Um, yeah. And so 
reverse, we never really had discussions about that, uh, but that particular live, we did talk about it. And it was very encouraging to um, not only um, see how the, the, the Ivy League um, were, were responding to me sharing this information, but my bandmates as well, um, Monroe, Khadija, and Zach, um, not even really realizing, I think, that that was a thing um, in terms of like, I guess, how I was taking it, but but very much um, immediately being, as they always are, super supportive and just kind of like, um, I don't know, I, I, re I really did feel there was some, I think the moment that I became honest about it and I shared it, it it's almost like it immediately changed, right? That the energy around it changed and I started to see a difference and not like people were trying to force themselves to say things about me to make me feel absolutely not. And on, on online internet in particular, nobody's really going to do that. Nobody's trying to just gas you up just for the sake of, of doing that. Um, but there was a change and I think it probably started um, from me, from allowing myself to, to just say it out loud and to be open about it and how it made me feel the insecurity that that was. I know a lot of times we try to really be, um, superheroes all the time and like nothing affects me nothing whatever the 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 um openness about that um i think there was a connection made um a deeper connection amongst the band and a deeper connection connection amongst us and the people that support us um and i i'm like i said i'm not really seeing too much of that anymore which is very encouraging but it has been something that i struggled with um for most of my career hmm. yeah Wow. And you know, that's, you know, and that it's really good that you speak on that because, you know, mainly you hear more like black women mentioning about colorism. So it's definitely, you know, good that you touched on that. Now, have you all noticed a, uh, any difference? Cause some, you know, it's weird, you know, for, you know, racism and cultural bias and colorism, unfortunately it's affected uh, everyone across the, um, across the di diaspora. Um, you say it's have you noticed any differences between like the states and Canada or is it kind of the same for you when you all I mean I'll, I mean yes uh, the racism very much it's, it's very real here in Canada um, there's an idea there's a perception um, I think even more so in Canada alone Canadians like to pretend that we're not racist or we're yeah. not like absolutely not um, it is not, I can say that it, it's not on the level, or at least not on the visible level that it is in the United States, but it is very much here. I remember being, um, and I remember being, I was maybe like six or six or seven, and, I, and my first real um, awareness of racism was hearing my mom tell a story. She had gone on a trip her, her her partner at the time was a dj and him and his dj partner they were going to ottawa or montreal um which is a, a cities here in um in ontario and um they uh they took their girlfriends with them which was my mom and the other um dj's girlfriend or wife at the time and they went on a road trip to go uh, play a djing gig and they were pulled over on the side of the road on a highway for no reason other than the fact that they were four black people in a car and they were laid, laid out face down on the gravel on a highway. 
with cars just, and I remember my mom traumatized and devastated and coming home and in tears. I don't think they made it to their DJ gig. And I just remember on the phone talking to somebody, probably one of her friends or whatever, sharing her experience. And I remember my sister and I just kind of like, just like completely baffled at what we were hearing. Like, like just I'm trying to understand what exactly we were hearing and what my mom was saying. And I remember that was my first real um, taste of what it, of, of racism. Um, my mom was, was sharing every detail of it and what the cops did and how they were very rough with her and when they were trying to find out what is the reason they were given no reason and their lives their, their, li their lives were like endangered by being laid out on a highway like that's crazy and so um, it is very much here I remember being in school and being called a nigger twice mm -hmm. in two different occasions um, one time being spat on and being called the n-word and getting in a fight there and then another time uh, by these two other um, teenage boys who were bullying me and getting in another fight there. And the, and the, the, the thing about that is I, Kitty knows I am not a fighter. Like I am not that guy. <laughs> um, um, and in school I was like, you're the biggest nerd. I was like top notch, A plus student. And the teachers and the principal and everybody, they knew that. So when these situations happened, they, they didn't, they didn't, uh, I didn't get, uh, what is the word? Not expelled. Um, what do you get? Suspended. 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 Yeah. The other boys got suspended. Nothing was happened. Nothing happened to me other than the principal and the teachers mm -hmm. just trying to um, help me to get my, um, uh, I guess, temper in control. And that's the thing. I didn't have a temper. It's just there was attacks made. And um, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's very much here um, in Canada. Um, and it's it's interesting because when you look at um, what's happening in the United States, it's it's as much as it is across the border and it's not in my own backyard. I still feel every ounce of it, every ounce of it, everything that we see, everything that we hear. It's almost as though um, it's it's literally us, and I I feel like that's that's probably the case for people of color period whenever we see anything like this it's like um it it literally hits you in your soul um yeah 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 i mean that's how myself and millions of others felt with the you know with the especially the events the last few days i mean and i think it's personally been even more heightened even more with covid happening and then for us seeing George Floyd, just the, the videotape of that dying right before our eyes. And then, and now the Breonna Taylor verdict from a, uh, from a few days ago. So it's just so much happening. And, and that's what's going to lead me to stand up. It, it, that song is just so amazing. Uh, you all will be able to hear this. Um, the link will be in the show notes. And also on that note, what really inspired you all to write that? Was it, um, was it with the, uh, just like oh gosh you know all this is happening it just came to y'all like okay stand up motherfuckers let's stand <laughs> <up>. <laughs> um uh, I, I feel like i'm talking i'm too much i i, I wrote no, I, no, no, but go ahead because you are the person to answer this question <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah i wrote the song so i'm like i i, yeah. I should probably but hopefully yeah. you, just, you answer all the next questions um, <laughs> um yeah so so stand up um I was inspired by Childish Gambino's This Is America. 
um, that was released 2018, I believe, Khadija, 2018. Uh, this is America came out. I remember where I was, what I was doing when I first heard and saw that video. And I was deeply, deeply impacted um, by this work of art that he created, this story that he told. And I, in terms of my artistry at that time, it was a, it was a, there was a switch in my head that went off. It was like, I want to speak about deeper subject matter. Um, I want to speak about things that are real that that I've experienced, and I know other people around me have experienced. I, and, I, and it was it was such a um, a connection that I had to that song and that video. I was obsessed with it, and so um, the uh, I had that in my mind that I had every intention of doing that. And then at one point, I had gone to a birthday party for a, a singer that I danced for, and a producer was there who I also knew from. Um, back in the day when I danced for her. And uh, we got to talking about music. He ended up playing me some of his production and there was a, a the, the, the production of that um, really spoke to me, it gave me the same energy that um, This Is America gave me. And I, we immediately acquired that, that production and I wrote the song to that. What, what inspired the lyrics and inspired the story to be told was the murders of uh, Sandra Bland and Philando Castile. Um, that video of her um, and the video of Philando on the Facebook Live, I saw both of those. Um, I was deeply, deeply impacted by both of those stories. And that's really what fueled um, the lyrics um, and getting that, um, getting those lyrics out uh, to accompany the beats uh, uh, that, that uh, um, we had recently acquired. So that's how that all came to be. Um, and the song was originally only going to be um, a track on our Poison Ivy album that's going to be released very soon. Um, it wasn't going to be a single. There was going to be no video. But um, when we heard about the murder of uh, Ahmaud Arbery, and particularly yeah. when I saw the video, which I try my, my best to not look at those videos, but the video came up. I read the... Uh, headline on it and I was like okay, I, I need to see what this is all about I looked I saw the video and it, it just it changed my it, it really changed me that that whole situation really changed me um, I don't know I think I think at that point it was almost like I was at my wits end without knowing it you know what I mean um, because you, you you really as a person of color seeing this trauma over and over again it's like you 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 suppress you file it away um, you see all these videos, you read all these articles, um, you have your own lived experiences, and then you just file it away. File, 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 so that you can survive. And I think when I saw that Ahmaud Arbery video, I was just absolutely, like, livid is not even the word. It was a visceral yeah. um, anger that I felt in my soul. Anger, sadness. Um, uh, grief. Grief, thank you, thank you grief and trauma the, the the trauma of that and i literally um in that moment i was like we have to do something and i didn't know what that something was it, it was literally like, like, like what can i do i have to do something we're in the middle of a pandemic we can't travel nowhere we can't go nowhere we can't um we're on lockdown here in in, in um, our city um what can we do then the first thing that came to my mind as a musician was we have this song we're gonna put this song out. 
Like the album's not even done. We're still in the recording process or sorry, we weren't, we were still on lockdown. So we, we had to wait to get back in the studio, but um, I was like, we have to put this song out. And so then it was immediately, we had got it to shoot a video. So we, um, it took a little bit of convincing um, <laughs> to my bandmates because again, uh, some, of our, some of us live at home with our families still. Um, we're in lockdown, COVID is real. Are we, are, is, everybody, is, everybody, is everybody going to be on board with shooting a music video all together with a crew and with cast and everything like that? And um, everybody got on board and we immediately just started to put the pieces of the puzzle together to make it happen um, because it, it, it was, it was um, so necessary for us to, to speak out and protest in our own way. And for us, that is releasing the words, releasing the music, sharing these visuals from a diverse group like ours, where um, if you are not a person of color, um, you might look at somebody like the pretty blonde, blue-eyed girl in the group or the handsome white passing male, and you might hear it differently. You might actually pay attention because it's coming from them. And I knew the power of of that alone right. is why I really, really pushed to have the video. And, and the day that we shot the video, um, it was the universe was looking over us. Everything ha ran like clockwork. Everything was, was smooth and the cast and the crew, everything was absolute perfection. And I believe very strongly that um, the alignment of that told me that we were doing exactly what we were supposed to be doing um, and serving um, a greater purpose. So yeah, that's really how, how the stand-up song and the video and all that came together. Well, and that was, like y'all said, perfect timing. Did you want to add anything uh, as well, Khadijah, to it? Like, what uh, is all of this meant for you, this whole process? Yeah. I think it's really like the music video in particular. Um, we kept saying that day felt like magic because it really was, we initially, it was just going to be the four of us and our director. And we were just like, the five of us will go somewhere. We'll have our masks on. We'll shoot a cute little video. But like, him as soon as he heard the song was like no we have to do it. and he was the one who turned it into like a full proper music video because he's like this message is important yeah. it needs to be told right the entire crew everybody we were like if you want to just we'll time it so you can just come down for like maybe an hour do your thing and then go everybody was on set from the beginning to the end they wanted to be part of the whole thing and they wanted there were so many conversations happening on set the whole time like there were emotional moments, like people were crying on set because it was so real. And like in the music video, there's a scene where Diz has his face on the ground and he has a knee on his neck. And we were yeah, kind of I saw that, that. because it's such an important image and like a big part of kind of everything that's happening right now. Everyone has seen that image of George Floyd on the ground with a knee on his neck and that there were people walking by who weren't part of the video set, but like we were having big conversations about seeing that image and mm -hmm. what it all meant and how it tied into what was happening. And it just, it reaffirmed how necessary it is. Like everybody is doing their part in different ways to keep these conversations happening, but it really felt like, okay, this, if this is anything that we can do, this is the right thing. So it just, everything about it, the music video I'm, I think I'm more proud of this music video than any other video we've ever done, even though it was like 
a last minute flung together, no budget. Like we just made it happen, but I'm so wow. proud. <laughs> yeah, I'm proud of y'all too. Like this for, this for putting this together and just, and both y'all, cause I wouldn't have thought that. I wouldn't have, I mean, even looking at the video, I'm like, you know, I wouldn't have never thought that. Like I would have thought, man, they put a lot of time into this, and, you know? And, and like, and so it just all came out at this perfect time. And so, with the entertainment industry, I wanted to ask you all about this too, because so many people, I mean, we're still seeing certain things in the in the industry from just the public's perspective. You know, people are saying, well, well, these people aren't saying anything. Is there still, even though, um, of course, like you all and many others are speaking out about it and, you know, and, and putting out music in relation to everything that's going on, is there still kind of a hush about it, about everything um, within the industry? Are there there's still maybe certain artists that are um, black artists, especially that are afraid to just speak up and speak out because of, you know, any blowback. I think so. I think it's always kind of been for every black person in the entertainment industry in any kind of form of entertainment, we know that there's a different set of standards mm -hmm. and there's a different amount of kind of acceptance and like what you can do and get away with. Um, and just like, even the fact of like, we all remember Blackout Tuesday where everybody was posting their black squares on Instagram. Yeah. And that, it started from it being a call out to the music industry to say, hey, you are profiting off of black music, black artists, black culture every day. But within your companies, there are no executive, like the amount of executives or CEOs of companies or the people who are actually making decisions, making money, we're not seeing a lot of black people there. So what are you actually doing for the black community other than profiting, profiting off of us, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think that that still is very much a, like we see when people do speak out, we see the Colin Kaepernick's of the world who choose to speak out and use their platform, use their voice. And the result is they are hated and they are blacklisted and they lose work, they lose income, they can't, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's always, I think, that fear for black people of like, how much the balance, the balance of using my voice and saying my truth, but then still being able to feed my family and pay my bills. That's, that's a reality that is very, very real in the music industry. Right now, how have y'all, because y'all seem like y'all have kind of been getting around that. What, you know, what is it, you know, it, have y'all been doing anything special? Y'all are just like, okay, fuck it. This is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to, you know, bow down or I'm not going to just be quiet. You know, I'm going to do what I need to do. Or, or, I mean, how have, how have y'all been able to be so, you know, free about this compared to um, maybe your counterparts that, you know, are afraid to speak up? I think that, uh, reverse because we are so different um the industry doesn't really the industry not the not the public not the consumer not the industry at least the the side of the industry or that we have come into contact with doesn't really know what to do with us they the industry is very much a um a copycat system they work based off of proven formulas. So if you have this female who, who was released and she went to number one and she became successful, we're gonna find 10, other of her, 10 more of her or 10 more boy bands who look and sound like this because they're scared, they're scared of losing their jobs and they're scared of, of 
and it's all about money, right? Um, so with reverse, um, we have always had a tremendous response and reaction to the group because we're so different. Um, and we've had some industry people come in and be like, I, I get it, I see this. And then, then they start to like wheel it back because they start getting scared. Like, I don't know how I might lose my job. So um, I feel like um, with us, we have had to learn how, uh, that um, we're gonna have to just do this on our own. We're gonna have to build our own empire. And at some point in time, if the right situation comes along that is going to understand it and support it and not trying to change it, um, we might go in that direction. But other than that, we're like, we're independent and we are going to build what we need to build and not ask for permission from somebody else to um, do what we feel we need to do as artists. Um, that's not what art is about. That's not what people right. um, uh, connect with. The consumer doesn't necessarily connect with what, these industry label business people who really know Tino Shade, but all T and all Shade know nothing about music. Right. They don't know anything about the culture. They don't know. Um, we, we decided that we are going to say what we want, dress how we want, look how we want, make music how we want without any limitations or barriers or anything like that. So for us, if we are, we are a pop R&B group, you've seen our, our, our first release, we looked like S Club 7 or the Spice Girls. Yeah, then, that was something else. I was just <laughs> amazed. I was like, wow, they do everything. I mean, they stand up, which is, you know, you know, kind of almost have like kind of a, almost like a rock, a hard rock kind of rap punk edge to it compared yeah. to what I was hearing uh, from the stuff you did years I ago. You. <laughs> so I'm just like, wow, this is amazing, you know, with this. Do, do y'all plan to still kind of mix it up more? Because I think it's wonderful, you know, with your dance background and then just, or do you tend, or, or are you all looking more at the more, more like, I guess, harder, you know, kind of a harder sounding, you know, you know, well, or just whatever flows. Our our next album is called Poison Ivy. Um, ooh, I'm so excited. Ooh. I know I'm excited I, too. <laughs> we were in the recording studio last night. We're we're put we're 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 almost done. And um it's called Poison Ivy because our first album, Glad to Meet You 2.0, um, is the whole album is very, very feel-good, very um pop feel good um still with the with the big vocals and the, and the harmonies and everything like that and um this time around uh we wanted to um speak on deeper subject matter we wanted to have fun while telling the truth while telling real stories you know we've been this has been a long journey for us and this is our second album because the glad to meet you album people wanted to hear it all the time anytime we were booked for a performance they they booked it because they wanted to hear glad to meet you they wanted to hear rock with you they wanted to hear those songs um so we just kept touring it for all this time so all those years we've had so much to, like holding inside that we had that we wanted to say so with poison ivy it was all of those experiences that we have lived through we've seen each other through like I said earlier, the ups and the downs, the challenges and everything like that, we wanted to put that in the music. So for Poison Ivy, it is just a, um, we say it's like, like, a, like a darker, um, poisoned side of the bright, fun, uh, 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 
darker energy than what we had on our first album, but it's still very reverse. We, we cannot run away from what we're passionate about. And we love to have fun. We love to dance. We love music that makes us feel good. So we still have many tracks on the album that um, are feel good, right? It's going to give you that similar energy, but it's a lot more grown and sexy. You know what I mean? Oh, that's what's up. That's what's yeah. up. <laughs> was that a good explanation, Khadija? No, yes, that was yeah. perfect. <laughs> good. <laughs> Yeah, so that that's definitely what's up. I can't wait. I mean, I'm really impressed by everything I heard. And like I said, just, you know, just the d diversity of the music alone. I mean, I was like, oh, wow. You know, the early stuff is very different now, is from stand-up. But, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. Let, you, know, not, you have to wait till you hear the next album. <laughs> you, you, think, you think that had a diverse sound? Wait. It's okay. <laughs> Ooh, I can't, I can't wait. I can't, I can't wait. And neither can anyone else. So, so what... I mean, so my, I guess my missing Wednesday, is there anything else y'all would like to add maybe to that, um, to, the, to those people now that want to come out there like y'all, but maybe they're afraid, they're afraid it's going to be pushed back or they're like, okay, no one's ever going to like me or they're not going to be attracted to me. I'm not, I'm too dark. I'm too queer. I'm too this, you know, what would you say? Cause you all, uh, you all make it work. You all, you know, it just, it's so natural. And many people, I think it is reflect, you know, you all do reflect a lot of people here not I mean more a lot of people do you know deal with people outside of their race they are friends with people outside of their race so or even or just outside of or you know or straight people are friends with queer you know with the queer community mm -hmm. and vice versa so it is more diverse sometimes than I think we you know than people you know like to think yet we're still having all of these racially and class charged yeah. So what would you all say to those people that are, you know, the underrepresented that are like, that have just been put down their whole lives and they're not courageous or resilient like you all and they're just afraid and they're, you know, what would you all say to them? And they want to maybe, they want to maybe be musicians or artists yeah. or creatives. Yeah, I think for us, a large part of what we do is that we want, we want to inspire people and it's not like, we're out here being so inspirational, but like we just want to be ourselves as authentically right. as possible. We share our stories. We say like, this is who I am. This is what I've been through. This is where I'm at now. Um, and I think the more that you see it, exactly what you said, there are a lot more people out here who are kind of having similar experiences, but maybe you don't know it. So the more that we see it and the more representation that happens, um, the more people can feel like, oh, like, me too. You know what I mean? Like right, I, right. I can relate to that. Um, for us, it really has been, the journey has been self-love and understanding that that is a journey. So it's not like we are not perfect. We are so honest about our own shortcomings and our own insecurities. You know, like Diz was sharing right. a story about earlier this year, having this deep rooted insecurity that stemmed from when he was a teenager. Like this is stuff that we continue to go through and we continue to work through and really working on that self-love every day. On our YouTube channel, our, our most popular series is our reaction series. And at the end of every single episode, we have a declaration that we encourage our viewers to say with us, which is hashtag BWVL. I am beautiful, I am worthy, I am valued, and I am loved. Oh, yes. Amazing. And it's that like saying it every day, even on those days where you don't feel it and you're going through whatever it is that you're going through, reminding yourself, reminding yourself of 
your beauty and your worth and your value and the fact that you are loved in this world like that even just that little reminder is the kind of thing that when you are out there pursuing your goal or trying to reach your dream or trying to make a personal connection or whatever it is that you're trying to do and you feel like those fears that you were talking about, maybe they won't accept me, or maybe I'm not good enough, maybe I'm not whatever. You have this little mantra going in the back of your head, like, no, I am beautiful, and I am worthy, and I am valued, and I am loved. Let yes. me go out there and get this job. You know what I mean? Right. Just reminding yourself, yeah. Right. And that's amazing. Is there anything else you all would like to add, just say to everyone, or just any of y'all's personal thoughts on just everything that's happening right now? Um, well, the first thing that came to my mind, uh, just now was, um, I think what you're doing out here with this platform is phenomenal. Oh, um, thanks. So congratulations to you. Um, I think anybody who is following their passion or doing things in this life that speaks to their soul or sets their soul on fire. I have admiration for, I have respect for, and um, you doing what you're doing here and speaking to people, speaking on these issues and spreading um, this type of awareness, I think is phenomenal and is so needed. Um, these are the types of voices and conversations that I think are the most important. Um, sorry, not the most important, but are, are, are very important um, and, and, and should be um, uplifted um right. and raised up in this world and so um thank you for having us and of course all the respect and admiration and and congratulations i can possibly give you oh thank you thank y'all so much um and many of y'all know and this is what i mean you have to just be resilient self-love and definitely try to be around people that support you but even if you're not you have to tap within and find that within you many of y'all know you know i've been i've dealt with health issues if y'all have heard of some of the other episodes um some of y'all know you know some of y'all that knew me even as a kid you know i was so shy i would look down at the ground talking to people it would be no way in hell i would do anything like this <laughs> And here you are. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. so it, 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 y'all, it's definitely a journey. It's definitely a journey. And you will see more of Reverse. It's going to be a special treat for y'all in the show notes. And I'm also going to have them tell you about their merchandise and what the proceeds go to. Yes, uh, we when we released Stand Up, we also released a special design on our merch store, um, the Stand Up design. So it has a little Stand Up logo, and on the back it has different quotes from the song, and all proceeds from the sales of those merchandise are going towards organizations that support the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, right now, we have decided that the proceeds are going to go towards the Louisville bail fund so all yes. the protesters who are out there right now fighting for justice for brianna taylor um we're hearing lots of stories about people getting arrested and people getting charged for such like minor things just because they're out there protesting so we want to give them whatever support we can any kind of bail funds legal support whatever it is so any sales from the stand-up merch are going towards that Right. And everyone, definitely, if you can, I got to get on the shop after this to do that because y'all, 
These people are out here for us. They're out here. They're taking a stand for us. And we realize not everyone can be out in the front lines. It's yeah. definitely not for everyone. Every, each and every one of you have your own special thing, even if it's, you know, at home writing, if you're taking care of your families, if you're, you know, and just sometimes just being ourselves is a revolutionary act. Being Black is a revolutionary act. Being queer is a revolutionary yes. act. You know, being, you know, dealing with any ability challenges you have is a revolutionary act everything out here right now is in our hands we have to be there for each other we you know we have a lot of you know sometimes internal issues within the black community we have issues sometimes within the queer community a lot of intersectional issues but right now we have to continue to be there for each other go online buy reverses buy the merchandise so it can go toward the louisville bail fund Mm -hmm. We have to continue to look out for each other. We have to continue to do our part. And I want to thank both of you, Diz and Khadija. Thank you so much for being on here today. I cannot wait for to like I can't wait for Poison Ivy to come out. I'll probably, you know, fan some more. I'm like, yo, I just interviewed them. Like, hey, you know. So, you know, I, I I love, you know, I just I love supporting anybody I can and you know, doing whatever I can possibly do. And I want to thank y'all also for the kind words and for sharing, you know, your time, you know, here on the podcast today. Everyone, as you see, Diz, Khadija, and the band reverse, they are being beacons. They are being beacons in their own lives. They got out there. They created. They did the stand-up video. Once again, very well done. You wouldn't have ever known. Like, oh well, it, you know, we didn't really, you know, low budget. But no, I mean, it was well done, and that even proves you don't need millions of dollars. You can just get out there and do it. You know, you may just have a laptop. You may just have a computer. You may just have a, I don't know, a, a bicycle. You your may iPhone. Have, yeah, you might just have your iPhone. You know. Yes, a dream. a dream, you know, sometimes it takes a vision and an iPhone, you know, yes. iPhone and a dream, you know, <laughs> you, can, you can get out there and do it or, or Android in a dream, whatever you have, you can just yeah. get out there, a pen in a dream, you can just get out there and do it and just continue y'all to be beacons in your own lives. You will have the links in the show notes to reach out to follow reverse on social to get their merchandise. You can help the Louisville bail fund. So you you can pick up Poison Ivy and their, all their other uh, material. As always, you can reach out to me as well, less at lesslighthouse.com. Y'all know my social handles. It, it will be in the show notes as well. Uh, thank you again, Diz and Khadija, for being on today. Y'all continue to be well and take it easy. Thank you. <laughs>